0: What do Halloween, a monk, and biblical Christianity have in common? On today's episode of the Westmead Podcast, we'll attempt to answer that question. Today's episode, we'll deal with the subject, Sola Scriptura. Thanks for joining us today for the Westmead Podcast.
1: Yes. You know, people people were asking, uh, well, if we're not going to have Wednesday night Bible study anymore, the prayer gathering, the Bible sign, like, what are we going to do? Because uh, Sunday school is in place, and we couldn't. we're we not going to offer something during Sunday school because you you inst- instantly ostracize that group from participating in a church gathering. Yeah. Um, so we were just trying to say hey we're we're going to do a Bible study back it'll, it'll be an online Bible study for those classes that meet on Sunday night they can have this Bible study on Wednesday night and for the classes that meet on Wednesday night they could have this on Sunday night just to have a time of Bible study together and how about this uh how about this studio how about Woo! it yeah so welcome to the first ever <clears throat> uh Bible study video Bible study as we talked about uh I don't know if we laughed about it. I don't know if we can laugh about it, but we talked about how uh, this COVID-19 has created a new element of media ministry at Westmead. That's right. And now we're the benefactors of it. So we get to have Bible study together in our homes with our people. Uh, But one day we'll be able to gather freely and more consistently, but uh, we'll still be able to put content out for people to have wherever they go, wherever they are, to have a Bible study together. And um, I know we talked a lot about Uh, Well, if we're going to have a Bible study, you know, where where do we start? You know, we had our Acts study because we had already started that before the pandemic, and then we just wanted to have some interaction and did our Ask the Staff series. And uh, after that, it's like, hey, where where do we go? What do we do? And uh, I think David, you were the one, uh, as we discussed it, that had the uh, great idea to say, hey, in in terms of our faith, in terms of Christianity. Let's get back to the foundations, which we can never get too far away from. And sometimes when we get too far away from it, we make things maybe a little overcomplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you overcomplicate things, you forget the simple truths that yeah. we're called to live out regularly. So, uh, so we loved it. I'm excited as we dive into this study on the five solas. Um, and today we're we'll talking a little bit about sola scriptura. Uh, and Dave, you and I were just talking about this a little while, little while earlier down the hall of when we get away from sola scriptura, uh, man, that's when w- the world really affects and sways and manipulates. Yeah, not just not just our actions, but our hearts. Uh, it 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 confuses us in in our identity of who we are. Um, it confuses our motives. It it clouds our judgment. I mean, there's just so many things that when you talk about getting away from sola scriptura this foundational truth, man, it it really handicaps you uh, if I I can go that far.
0: Yeah. It reminds Mm -hmm. me of a story I heard one time, Justin. Oh, yeah? What do Halloween, a monk, and biblical Christianity have in common?
1: Well, you know, I was going to go candy until you threw a monk (laughs) in there.
0: (laughs) 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 On October
1: 31st, which is... Halloween, Recognized as Halloween. Halloween,
0: 1517. Hmm. So a minute ago, mm-hmm. a guy named Martin Luther, who at the time was a monk, he wrote a piece called 95 Thesis. Yes. It was a written response to, to your point, um, doctrinal abuse and false teaching that was taking place in the church at large at right. that time, it specifically addressed um, that Scripture alone mm-hmm. is the supreme and final authority in matters of faith and practice for all believers. That is orthodoxy, which is right thinking,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and orthopraxy, which is right Living Mm -hmm. and scripture is the final authority for the believer in all matters concerning faith and practice, and then also, uh, specifically, about uh, our salvation is in through faith alone in Christ Jesus. And so, he took those 95 theses and he nailed them on the door of the castle church in Wittenberg. Germany mm-hmm. um, to contend with or contend for, actually, yes, among other things, that the basis and root and authority for every believer is not the church, it is not a person, right. it is ultimately and finally and supremely God's Word, mm-hmm. Scripture. Um, Alone, and, and and that led to what became the Protestant Reformation. Now, Martin Luther is not the only one involved in it. Sure. Um, and 95 Theses is not all that it was based <laughs> upon, but that, among several other things, is what led to uh, the Protestant Reformation, which totally changed yes. Yes. Christianity forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the product of, we are the result of uh, those reformers, who said, again, among other things, that Scripture is the basis upon which we do everything in our life, right. so it, it it's obviously a major, of majorly course. important deal.
1: And and you brought up a good point when you're talking about the Protestant Reformation, it because I've heard people say, well. Well, why was that necessary? Yeah, Why was it necessary for him to go and, and nail the 95 thesis to the church? Uh, and what we don't understand because mm-hmm. and uh, we can't get into the whole Protestant Reformation. <laughs> we'd be talking for hours, <laughs> yeah you know, and I don't want right. to give into it. but the idea the reason he did it was because of exactly what you just said, um, the abuse mm-hmm. of um, I guess the only way to say, it, the abuse of God almost was because man had stepped in. And had convinced the people that um, the church, yep. the the mm-hmm. the leadership of the church, was the final say, the ultimate authority. Uh, some would point to, like you said, a person, whether it was uh, the pope or whether it was the the head of the church or, or whoever, that con- yeah. the, they are the ultimate authority, and that they shared in that ultimate authority title with scripture. Mm-hmm. And and that's where Martin Luther said. No, and, and yeah. there are multiple things. Obviously, yeah. there were ninety-five theses. Yeah, uh, it wasn't just this one issue. There are multiple issues, but this is where we're landing today. Is why he said the ultimate, the only ultimate authority is God's word, and the church, the leadership of the church, the, the, whoever the person is, yeah. needs to be in submission. Yes, uh, in that. And and, and today we're going to look at some scriptures that highlight and spotlight this idea of sola scriptura, scripture. Alone as our authority, as uh, the the last word, the first and last word, yes. yeah. uh, and that, uh, and so, and and when we talk about this, and, and if and if somebody was to do their own research and they type in sola scriptura, hey, what's the foundation for this? It takes us back to one main passage of scripture. Uh, and Julie, I know you and I had <laughs> talked about it, and you've been doing a lot of studying over the last couple of weeks on this passage mm-hmm. of scripture. Uh, mm-hmm. So, if you want to share that,
2: okay, well. It comes down to it's all about relationship. Right. God desired a relationship Mm -hmm. with man. And, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, you guys are both married, and, you know, we all have relationships in our life. And, you know, it starts, they all start superficially, Mm -hmm. and they grow from there. But, you know, how did it make you feel the first time you realized that in one of those relationships, somebody had really shared something Mm -hmm. very sacred to them with you had had trusted you with that right you know it made you it makes you feel special when you realize that hey this person thinks i'm worthy enough to really know something very intimate about them Mm -hmm. well that's what god thinks about us you know we are worthy enough and and, i mean that's very humbling Mm -hmm. um to think about that god gave his word to us And the whole reason he did was because he desired a relationship with us. And in in 2 Timothy 3, um, this is verse 16, it says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Mm. Well, there's a lot in that that verse, but... um, One of the things that I um, discovered as I was studying about this verse was all Scripture is breathed out by God. Well, this is the only place in the Scripture that that word is used in this context. Mm. And it literally means from God. God himself breathed his word into man. One of the commentaries that I was reading, it said, it's like an extension of God himself. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow. You know, I mean, we are so blessed to be able to pick up this word and read it whenever we want to. You know, that was part of the Reformation because the Bible was not accessible to the common person. So... You know, you think about just being able to pick up God's word and read it and learn from it um, anytime that we want to. You know, then when that scripture breaks down here, you know, it's talking about um, profitable for teaching. It talks about for reproof and correction. Well, I always think of God as the father. You know, he's not going to let us get away from him. He's going to correct us when it needs God desires for us to be with him. And one of the best ways we can be with him is to be in his word. Right. I mean, just like we've talked about, when you get away from it, you get messed up. Hmm. And, you know, we are a messed up people, so we need his word. <laughs> we need to stay Very in much. his word. And, um, and then, you know, um, that last part of that is the result is the man of God is competent. You know Paul was writing to Timothy, somebody that he had mentored and used God God's Word in so many ways and poured into Timothy
1: yeah because that's in second Timothy three um, and which is obviously his second mm-hmm. letter to Timothy and and all throughout his first letter to Timothy I, I wrote some of these things down uh, in first Timothy chapter one uh, he was instructing Timothy to to remain uh, because he was in Ephesus when he was writing him these letters he was writing to Timothy who was in Ephesus. Uh, and he was telling him to, uh, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3, he says, charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Mm-hmm. So Timothy wasn't just himself teaching, uh, and that's, again, mm-hmm. part of what he talks about in 2 Timothy, but he was also discipling other, pe- other believers, mm-hmm. and they were teaching mm-hmm. and spreading the gospel. Um, he talks about, one verse later, he was, warns him about the false teachers uh, and how the false teachers were using myths and human commandments uh, to try to to try to keep people down um you were talking about righteousness um, Man, righteousness is an amazing word but it 's a very tricky word uh because in our own uh fallenness, we <laughs> look to different sources to assign righteousness to us or we we crave it for ourselves, mm-hmm. and the only righteousness that comes from ourselves is self righteousness yeah. uh, which is disgusting in the views in the eyes of God uh, so he warned him about that he warned him um, in in chapter 4 of first Timothy uh, he was talking about that these false teachings these uh, these truths air quotes um, were rooted and had their origins in demons. Um, he's talking about the false teaching that was taking place in Ephesus, was a dis- gave a distorted view of the resurrection, uh, which was in 2 Timothy chapter two. So it was in the mm-hmm. same book that you just mm-hmm. read from. Uh, and then he talks about that it also gave a false view of knowledge in 1 Timothy uh, chapter six. Where, so he was very passionate to communicate, not just to Timothy, but because it's all God breathed and we have access to this mm-hmm. now, that He was passionate to let us know, man, false teaching is going to take place yeah. all over the place, and if it's not rooted and founded in the Word of God, then it's not truth. Uh, I want to read this mm-hmm. quote. Uh, this is Martin Luther. We were talking about Martin Luther and the 95 Thesis. He he said this about three and a half years after he posted the 95 Thesis. He, he made this statement. It's a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. He says, "...unless I am convinced by Scripture and plain reason... I do not accept the authority of popes and councils, for they have contradicted each other. My conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. Here I stand. I cannot do otherwise. God help me. Amen. Amen. He said that at, uh, at, at Worms in April on April 17th of 1521. Um, man, his heart—he was—he had a strong conviction yeah. to stand on nothing but God's word, and 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 and, and it, it talks about this in Acts. We studied this when we did the Acts study in Acts chapter 17. Um, Luke wrote this down in, in Paul's journeys. He wrote this in Acts 17:11. He says, "Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. They had just left; they had just gotten run out of Thessalonica." For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. I would love for that to be a reflection of the church today. As part of
0: this episode, we sat down with Larry Franks. Larry has years of church ministry experience and is currently the executive director of First Priority and first priority kids of Greater Decatur. In this clip, you will hear his thoughts concerning the decline of a biblical worldview and its impact in the home and on our school campuses. Continue listening to hear what he had to say, then we'll pick up where we left off with our staff. What I
3: see shaping today's students' worldview, one is peers, they want to be a part of the group, they will do whatever is necessary to be a part of the group, and sometimes they vacate their spiritual upbringing and their roots just to be a part of the crowd. And uh, another I see is sports. Sports is a god in our country and in our world, and so a lot of times that fuels where they are. Um, Music and media is another one. Uh, They are swayed with every wind of doctrine and whatever they hear and whatever they see and whatever the crowd is doing, then they, they want to do that again. Acceptance is king in the life of children and students today. And so whatever that is and whatever the world throws in front of them to say, hey, you will be liked and you will be loved and you will be a part of the crowd if you participate in these things, they never give, what does the Bible say about that, any weight at all. They never say, as a believer, is this a road I need to go down? Is this how I need to be viewed? Is this a part of of the decision process I need to be making? There was a time that you could talk spiritual things with what we would say are spiritual students. Uh, Today, we don't see a big difference between Christian students and non-Christian students. It's hard to tell and to bore into Are they a believer or are they not? Because their lives seemingly are the same. They live the same. They talk the same. They walk the same. And so there was a time that you could actually talk of spiritual things with spiritual kids, and you know that they have been in Scripture. You know they've been under the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. And the further we go into this world and our culture, it is harder to distinguish between those two. Are they a believer? Are they not? Have they been raised with the Word of God? Have they not? Uh, And the only way for us to find that out is to be involved in relationships with these students and bore down deep to not just do they have a head knowledge of who Jesus is, but do they have a heart knowledge of who Jesus is, and do they understand what the Word of God says about that. Uh, The Bible speaks specifically to the husband and to the wife on how to disciple their students and, and to be the spiritual influence in their students' lives. Yet we don't see that today, even in, in Christian family in Christian homes. You know, we would expect that from non-Christian homes. Mm-hmm. But when you look at Christian homes today, they're leaving the discipleship and the spiritual development of their children to the church. And that's the, the Bible speaks to us as parents that that is our responsibility to do that. If we as parents truly believe the Word of God and that it is inerrant and that it tells us how to parent, we would parent differently. One, we need to learn to trust the Word of God. And if we believe the Word of God and we say the Word of God is true, then we have to know what the Word of God says. And if the Word of God says to me as a dad, here's what I expect of you as a father, then I have to search scripture to find out what that says, and then I have to trust scripture enough to live that out in the life and through the life of my child. As a child, they should not have the spiritual responsibility of making spiritual decisions. That is the role of a parent in the home. Again, when I started ministry, parents were, what I thought, truly engaged not only in the life of the child, but in the life of the church. And together, we were able to co-disciple, so to speak, that child. Today, we are seeing parents removing themselves from that responsibility and leaving it to the church and to the pastors and to First Priority and the ministries that are investing in their kids. And really, we should be the cheerleaders for what's happening in the home and for some reason that has gone full circle to where we are the only spiritual grounding and scriptural investing they're getting all of that from the church and not from the home and parents Uh, one of the things that are of great encouragement to me today is to be able to teach children about the bible the authority of our lives uh, the inerrancy of the Bible and that this is truth and that you can trust this book. The bad part about that is students are seeing that and hearing that for the very first time today when it was seemingly common occurrence in years past. Uh, the Bible calls us to be two things and that's salt and light. And the way that we can pierce the darkness on the school campus is for students and teachers and administrators to live out their biblical faith, what they say they truly believe, to live that out on the campus because where there is light, darkness cannot exist.
1: I would love for that to be a reflection of the church today. Mm -hmm. And and I certainly ask for it as as pastor of Westmead, um, that as we gather, on Sundays and as we gather, whether it's our Sunday school classes or small groups or our life classes, whenever we can get back up to full speed, that whatever the teacher in the room says that we should receive it, but we should also hold it to the standard of God's word. Mm -hmm. That if I'm up there in the pulpit and I say something that isn't in line with God's word, then I need to be held in account for it. Here's where we have to be very careful, and this goes into what Paul was warning Timothy about. Um, This goes into the danger of the seeking of righteousness, uh, especially Mm -hmm. apart from God's Word, is we can take our opinions, Mm -hmm. we can take how we feel about something, particularly in our context, we can take about how we feel about something that's said from the pulpit or from our Sunday school teacher or or from a, a Bible study, and if we don't like it, our first inclination is to assume that's not biblical, and that's that's mm-hmm. huge danger. Because, uh, and we know the danger in that is because God's word, because it is God breathed, because it is the the word, literal word of God, coming from His mouth into the hearts and minds of men to write it down. We're not perfect, and God is perfect and holy. Mm-hmm. So my life inevitably is going to rub against scripture. Yeah. And at that point in time, I have a choice. Will I hold on to what I choose to incorporate in my life, my comfort level, my opinions, my traditions, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, or do I let go of those things so that I may cling to the word of God? That's what, that's what Martin Luther said. Um, Unless I'm convinced by Scripture, my conscience is captive to the Word of God, and I'm not going to recant anything when my conscience is based on the root of God, Word of God. Um, but we get caught up in this idea of uh, if it's something we don't like, well, we're going to have a problem with it, and and instead of going and seeking God's Word, we're just going to hold on to self righteousness. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a great. Great
0: point uh, and, and you're hinting at um, the type of worldview that mm-hmm. we have, yes, so a, a worldview is that that lens through which we see and live life, and in Sola scriptura martin luther and and later us right we're saying that for a follower of Jesus that that lens that we look through, Mm -hmm. that lens that we live our life by, Mm -hmm. is God's Word. Um, And so for example, what we're not saying in Sola Scriptura is that the Bible speaks to every single thing that you'll ever face. In other words, if Mm -hmm. grandma moves into a new house, I can't look up in the Bible directions on geography and topography in order to be able to find Grandma's new house. Right, right. I can consult (laughs) Rand McNally or Google Maps (laughs) or any other resource so that I can get to Grandma's house. It does not mean that if I'm preparing to be able to do heart surgery that I consult the Bible in order to know how to do heart surgery. Right. We use science books, we use geography books, we use political books, we use all manner of resources. Mm-hmm. What we are saying is that finally and ultimately and supremely, where the Bible speaks, God speaks, and that is the authority. So, does the Bible tell me how to raise my children, and when they get to be teenagers, how to enforce or reinforce dating? It doesn't speak to that specifically, but a biblical worldview there are enough principles in God's word Mm -hmm. that show me the best ways to show my son or my daughter these are some things that we will do in relation to the opposite sex. Yes. These are some things according to God's word that we will not do. Right. Mm -hmm. That is a biblical worldview at over and against well. My child is sixteen. All their friends date; they can date. All their friends go to prom; it's fine, right? What What is the lens that we are looking through in order to raise our children, or any any other? Well, it's not matter. just the lens
1: we're looking through, but it's the lens that we're allowing to shape our yes. opinions of how to do these things. Yes, and 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 again, it goes back to. Um, if I listen to somebody's opinion of the Bible mm-hmm. or an opinion of Scripture mm-hmm. um, and let that shape my mindset, then we're in very dangerous waters. Yeah. Um, we we can get really out of bounds really quick. Um, Jesus dealt with this mm-hmm. in Mark uh, chapter 7. I'm going to read this passage in a minute because um, it was Jesus' disciples. Uh, they were eating. They were eating food, and they hadn't washed their hands. Now... <laughs> In our current mindset and current setting, that's a really bad thing, you know, because yeah. you got to wash your hands like crazy with hand sanitizer. Um, but they they were using it as an attack on the disciples, and of course, ultimately on Jesus to be like, oh, you're not, you're not, you're not biblical. You're not. It was their opinion of the of how they were exercising God's word. And in Mark chapter seven verses six through nine, it says this: uh, Jesus replied, "He was Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites." As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we got to be careful with that because we can can take something, a human rule, slap somebody with it, and then follow up real quickly with, it's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. That's the importance of knowing Scripture that you can not just quote it, but reference it. Anyway, but but that's what he said. Your, your teachings are merely human rules. And then he says, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And Jesus continued, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. And that's what you're talking about. We get caught up in the... There's a peer pressure that goes with with how we live Christ. Um, there's a peer pressure in parenting, there's a peer pressure of being an adult. there's pe- there's peer pressures in every areas. Uh, but I believe that what Jesus said to these these hypocrites, these Pharisees certainly can apply to our lives when we get outside the bounds of the principles of the philosophical foundations that are put in place by God's word and we start trying to match. The, the world around us, the culture uh, around us. And and I'm not going to get into specific application of how this needs to be applied and how it doesn't need to be applied. But we, and, and, and it's we, we're real quick to have that guard up to be like, well, David better not say something about my life because I've got three or four things in my ammunition <laughs> dump that I'm going to fire back at him. We need to quit worrying about, oh, I need to go and correct David and I need to go correct Julie we need to get back to the place where we spend time in front of the proverbial mirror every day and say, I need God to seek, search me and try me. I need to ask my motivations behind everything I'm doing. And you're right, David, there's not mm-hmm. everything in here. Hey, where is it in Scripture that tells me, should I let my children go back to school on campus during this time or stay at home and do virtual learning? That's not going to be in there. you know. But at the same time, it equips parents to parent children according to their convictions based on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and some convictions uh, for, for parents and their situations might be different than convictions that are other. It never contradicts God's word. right? Um, but situations are different. Um, and we have to be mindful of that in the context that we're in now because it's easy for us to walk into the sanctuary uh, and we see people who are putting um, different safeguards in place during this during this during this pandemic and it's easy for me to say well david's doing something different than me and 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 now i'm going to spend the next few minutes in my mind rationalizing why david's wrong and i'm right and and i'm using this as a silly a petty example (laughs) um, but that's how we ultimately start applying other things and ultimately what we're battling is conviction conviction for one of two things either a i know i'm in the wrong so david's doing something that i'm not doing so i'm gonna just try to character assassinate david in my mind to justify what i'm doing or b i either know what i'm doing wrong or b i don't and like you said, of what God's God desires a relation, with right us through or His Word. And when we apply God's Word in a community of so believers, in believers in biblical community, I'll attack the, the three bridge. things. Or just somewhere I'm in my heart, I'm going to we, build we should a wall desire and David. pursue relationships with one another yeah. in holding each other accountable. But a lot of times, holding each other accountable, we think it's, Julie, you did bad. David, you did bad. <laughs> Y'all shouldn't be doing that. We think that's what accountability is. Accountability often is, hey, Julie, the other day you said this or you did this. And man, that just really pointed me back to Jesus in an area of my life that I was struggling. Mm-hmm. You know what? Holding people yeah. accountable is often encouragement, and it should be encouragement. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Paul talks a lot to Timothy about yeah, being an right. encourager.
2: Well, that phrase, training in righteousness,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, that means continuous, continuous training. You know, that's, we haven't arrived yet by any means. Right. But like you said, We need to hold to God's word, you know, and I've told many people over the years and I tell myself this too, you know, if it goes against the character of God, if it goes against what is in God's word, then you better stop and think about that. You know, if something you're doing or or, you know, thoughts that you have, if, if that's against the character of God, then you know that that's wrong. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's part of that of what's right and what's wrong. You know, our world has a really big problem with that these days because yeah, sure. there's, you know, we've kind of lost that of a hard line of this is right and this is wrong. Yeah. Um. And so once again, you know, get back to the scripture, get back to the foundation of what does God say about that? Like I said, it doesn't cover everything, but it covers a good portion yeah. of what we need to...
0: I think connected to what Julie just said is that there it is God's initiative that enables us to see and do rightly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and there is a point at which, in, according to Romans chapter 1, there is a point at which general revelation... In creation, God has revealed himself. There is enough available to us, to our eyes and to our ears and to our minds and hearts to see that there is a creator. Right. And we're not it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it takes an additional revelation. That is a word mm-hmm. revelation for us to be able to discern God's purposes and his will. And he has graciously given that to us right. in His Word, which is an amazing thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another passage of Scripture I was talking, studying as we were getting mm-hmm. ready to discuss Sola Scriptura is 1 Corinthians 4, 6. Um, Paul writes, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written then you will not be puffed up in being a follower of, the, of one of us over against the other. Um, and just kind of mm-hmm. take it, continue down the, the journey a little bit. Um, that's kind of where a lot of, you know, you were talking about how um, our society doesn't have that baseline, doesn't have it. Our measuring stick changes mm-hmm. according to the situation and according to the cultural climate and stuff. Um, and we can get outside the boundaries of this, and that's what he was warning about. There, do not go beyond what is written. Um, I'll never forget years ago, there was a big multi-billionaire uh, person that was in America. That was, you know, he was a mover and shaker and making some things happen in the economy and stuff. And people looked to him. And I'll never forget him him talking about how, because he for a while he was a pronounced atheist. And uh, there was a time where he went public and was talking about his curiosity of the Bible. And, uh, and, and his reporter asked, well, 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 what did you think about it? And he said, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was amazing. I can see how it's a life-changing book. And they said, well, did it change your life? And he said, absolutely, it changed my life. Matter of fact, I loved the entirety of it except Revelation. I didn't like that book. I, I think I'm going to look into see how, how we can rewrite that. And what does Revelation distinctly say towards the end, do not change or add to anything beyond what has been given by by God. Um, and, and we can get real hemmed up when we start applying my desires uh, and trying to lace those with God's word or wrap my desires in the middle and try to find God's word to support it that, that now uh, we're in Way over our heads, and we're so we don't even know the truth because we're right. so confused. Um, the fear in that was initially when you look at Paul, um, when you look at Paul, when we had they had the Old Testament, uh, they had the Torah, they had these things. But in the New Testament, when Paul was writing these things, uh, people have called into question sola scriptura. But but if Paul, how could Paul have the Gospels? He didn't have the Gospels written down in his hands and and reference people to be like, hey, well, in the fourth chapter of Luke, you need to read this. (laughs) He didn't have that. Uh, And that's when we get into the idea of the traditions that were passed down. Uh, And I know, Dave, you did some reading a little bit about the traditions, about the Sola Scriptura and how they were passed down and maintaining their integrity. Um, And and people have asked that about, well, when they've they've questioned the validity of the Bible, when we question whether or not we want to buy into Sola Scriptura, what about the times where they talk about their traditions and these things? Well, that, that's one of the things that, that Luther was
0: bucking against mm-hmm. because uh, the, 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 the group, the church that he was part of, which was the primary church at the time, even to this day there is a sense in which, and you've already spoken to it, there, there are uh, the scripture is received, but it is partnered with, or coupled with, or on the level with what this entity also says, and so there is a there is a leveling of something that cannot be leveled. Um, there is a Latin phrase that Luther used. Norma normans non normata. Hmm. And it means the norm of norms which cannot be normed. Hmm.
1: Sounds like it's a com-
0: really great t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about it, there there is no human tradition, there is no human right. teaching, even good ones right. that equals or even parallels which I guess would be the same thing, (laughs) Um, that equals God's Word. Where God speaks, where Scripture speaks, God speaks. Mm -hmm. This is the Word of God and no tradition of man, which Jesus spoke to all through the New Testament. And you read one of those passages just a second ago where Scripture speaks, God speaks, and that is the end of the story. That's it, right. Um, The... The way that I, I like to think about it is there is to Sola Scriptura, to God's word, to the Bible, there is on the one hand supreme authority,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which which can cause us great should cause us great reverence, even fear. There there is a holy terror involved in thus saith the lord yes there's no wiggle room i said it this is the way that it's going to be and that's right and while simultaneously there is deep intimacy mm-hmm. and and julie spoke in the passage that I, that i was going to read um, today if we had time is speaks to what julie spoke to beautifully there is There is supreme authority, and there is, because of God's word, there is deep intimacy. I know my wife because of words. Right. I love my wife more today, primarily because of the things that we have shared with one another. And Julie said that. Mm -hmm. There are things that my wife has spoken to me that have made me a better person. I, my children know me i have a relationship with my children there is an intimacy with my family that i do not have with others because of the things that we have spoken to one another right and and that is the one of the beautiful things about god's word about scripture alone that there is i can rest in what god says because he's the boss and I follow after him, and he is my father. He is my Abba. He is my daddy, and he has spoken to me. Um,
1: it's good. De- yeah. What's that passage you were talking about?
0: Deuteronomy chapter 4. I won't read the whole chapter. It's too long, but um, I'll read several verses at the beginning and then toward the back. Uh, chapter 4, Deuteronomy says, uh, now, therefore, hearken, O Israel, unto the statutes and unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them that ye may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth you. You shall not add unto the word which mm-hmm. you said a minute ago, mm-hmm. which I command you, neither shall you diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor, for all the men that followed. Peor, the Lord thy God, hath destroyed them from among you. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive every one of you this day. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, Which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. That's based on their acceptance of and dependence on and obedience to the statutes and commandments of God. And what nation is there so great that has statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, and lest thou depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them, thy sons and thy sons' sons, especially the day that thou stoodest before the Lord thy God in Horeb, when the Lord said unto me, Gather me, the people, together, and I will make them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days that they shall live upon the earth, and and that they may teach their children. And ye came near, and stood under the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire, unto the midst of the heaven, with darkness, clouds, and thick darkness. And the Lord spake unto you, out of the midst of the fire, ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. And he declared unto you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, even ten commandments, and he wrote them upon two tables of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go over to possess it. And then later in the chapter, in verse 31, For the Lord thy God is a merciful God, he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers which ye swear unto them. For ask now of the days that are past which were before thee since the day that God created man upon the earth and ask from the one side of heaven unto the other where there hath been any such thing as this great thing is or hath been heard like it. Did ever people hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as thou hast heard and live, or hath God as said to go and take him a nation from the midst of another nation by temptations, by signs, and by wonders, and by war, and by a mighty hand, and by a stretched out arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes, unto thee it was showed, that thou mightest know that the Lord he is God; there is none else beside him. Out of heaven he made thee. To hear his voice that he might instruct thee, and upon earth he showed thee his great fire, and thou heardest his words out of the midst of the fire. Out of the midst of the fire. Mm-hmm. Where God speaks. His word speaks. Where his word mm-hmm. speaks, God speaks. Supreme authority right. and deep. Intimacy. God has chosen to reveal His Word. Right. Absolutely. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. the Word. The Word. The (laughs) Word became flesh. Flesh. Reveal His Word to us. It is by Scripture alone that everything that we do and everything that we practice, all that we are, is based in, rooted in, grounded in his word alone. Absolutely.
1: All right. So question and answer time. <laughs> you all ready? Yes. All right. Julie, we'll start with you. Name a time that you can marry with a passage of scripture that God's word just really spoken to your darkness or just a hard time you're going through or just a time where you can say God's word only got <laughs> me through this and and, and I'm, I'm not asking you to go into some grand deep detail I don't want to make you uncomfortable but just a time where you remember yeah. God's word speaking into a situation where it's exactly what you needed
2: oh yeah Um
1: I put you on the spot yeah so I'm sorry. there's a lot David, of them really David be thinking. Uh, get the next
2: <laughs> yeah, <one. laughs> yeah that's not fair David just got a second um, I mean just there's so many times that you just sit there and I mean this is the heart of God yes and, I mean, he gives it to us out of his great love. And, of course, I mean, one of my favorite passages is John three sixteen, Of course. Where, yes. you know, of just the reassurance that God loves us so much mm. that he gave his son for us that we'll always have him. Yeah. And we always do have him. And, um, and then just to, I mean, that's just the beginning. When we say, yes, I believe Jesus Christ the son of God is my savior and Lord. Mm. And I know that he forgives me and I know that he's going to walk with me. And then just when you come to those times in your life that you don't know where to go and you have walked away or you've gotten yourself into a mess like we do and you can pick up the scripture and you know that Jesus is the word. I mean, The whole book of John, pretty much, you know, anytime you're in trouble, if you pick up the Scripture and you want someplace to go Mm -hmm. to reassure you, first and foremost, that God loves you no matter what. Yes. And so many times we need that. You know, when we're we're hurt about something, when we're grieving about something, when we've just um, gotten lost about a situation, uh, you know, John is where... Where you need to go, mm-hmm. um, just to be reassured of God's love for you and that He's with you always.
0: Absolutely, David, Pastor. There's a ton, <laughs> <laughs> and hard but to you get didn't that. ask. For, yeah. You didn't ask for a ton, but I, but I can, I can think of multiple occasions, uh, both um, from it for extremes. So from mountain, I was everything was grand. Um, and 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 I was living in obedience um and the Lord would do things like "I'm um, reading through the book of John and which I had done many times sure. previously, and a Mary anointed the feet of jesus and it it was in an instant that the lord there was no there was nothing <laughs> none of that except that. Just in my den, reading the Bible, like I do, that the Lord fixed my attention. This is years and years ago. And from that moment to this moment, Mm -hmm. if you ask me, what is the point? On that day, the Lord said, because I have loved you, you will love the Lord lavishly. And by your love, expose others to his goodness so Mm -hmm. that others can worship Mm -hmm. God too. I still (laughs) say that. Why? Because yes he did it through his word yes. um and i can think of really bad dark moments the darkest moment of my life and um and frankly i had not been in his word rightly mm. and which has led to darkness and but god graciously was doing a work in our life and at that moment i was in the book of romans and i came Eight after seven, so I read eight. <laughs> and again, I I had read I had read Romans eight a million times, but it was in that moment, Justin, because because of God's word that 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 it was as if my heart was ripped open and my mind was ripped open, and God took Romans eight like a salve, like a ba- a healing balm, and 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 covered me, hmm. um, because that's what God's word does, right. And and it's like that over and over and over again. This week I'm in the book of Second Samuel, and I'm just reading Second Samuel, and 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 again, it's, it's he just he downloads things and shows things and uncovers things and pulls things away and reveals things through his word. Right. Uh, that's what it does.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, mine's. I, I think there's a, a John theme going on here because y'all talked about John. That was mine. I remember uh, not long after I, I was saved, uh, just going through one of these down in the mouth times where you, you're feeling sorry for yourself. We all have those moments, um, and, and I just remember. I don't remember what all I was just trying to carry, uh, and I was in the Book of John, and in John twelve twenty seven, it was Jesus before he was going to the cross, and um, and he's praying. He's like, you know, now he says, N- and now my heart is troubled. And what shall I say? Sh- should I say, oh, Father, save me from this hour, get me out of this? Um, he says, no, I'm not going to say that. He says, because the reason my heart is troubled is for the very reason I've come to this hour. Mm-hmm. So I will say, Father, glorify your name. And, and I remember just where I was uh, and the, pettine- the pettiness of the issues. I was feeling sorry for myself about it. I'm like, huh. I'm giving way too much value to what I'm dealing with that I've forgotten that maybe why I'm dealing with it is so that God can bring glory to his name through me in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so many times, like, I'm, I'm with you guys. There's so many that we could point to, but that's just the one I always okay. like to, I love that passage of scripture. It's not about, oh, get me out of here, but maybe I'm in the middle of this, so, but for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that reason is for God to bring glory to his name through me yeah. and to be willing to be a part of that. And, and I know when we talk about the word of God piercing the darkness, when we talk about how the Word of God can go into any area of our life or any life, uh, it can illuminate and it can highlight and it can draw people uh, unto who God is, which is just a, an amazing thing. Yep. Um, I, I'm thankful that we can have these conversations and, of course, the idea of Sola Scriptura. We I don't even know if we've even made the first scratch on the surface there's so much depth to it but i'm thankful that we can talk about this and and hopefully it'll be a blessing to our church family yep. as we continue to grow in this as we walk through these solas together and understanding not just what they are but how it affects our lives and how we live them out and how it affects our worldview uh, which is a powerful world so thank you guys both for your time uh for letting us talk about this today thank so uh, let me pray for us and uh, and we'll wrap our time up god thank you so much for your word, uh, for your written word that we have before us, for the living word that we had in the example that Christ showed us. Uh, It wasn't even an example. It was a model. Uh, So, Father, may we be found faithful to follow in his footsteps. Uh, And along that journey, may we hold tightly to your word. And I'm not talking about gripping a copy of the Bible. I'm talking about hold tightly to your word because we read it, we meditate on it, we put it in our hearts, God, we repeat it, we memorize it. We immerse ourselves in it and let it, you, transform us. So, God, may we constantly evaluate our lives and hold it to the clear standard that is God's word. And where we don't measure up, Father, lead us and guide us, give us the strength and the wisdom to know how to uh, repent, how to course correct, uh, and how to submit before you so that those areas of our lives, too, can line up with your word. May we as a body of believers constantly love and encourage one another in your word. Um, May we evaluate um, our mission uh, by how we are living according to your word and may your word alone, um, Father, as you speak to us through your word, be the authority that we seek uh, and the God that we chase after every single day. Be glorified, Father, uh, through us and how we practically live out your word, and adopt and bend our will and our worldview around the, the nucleus of your word. Thank you, Father, for this time together in it, uh, and may you be glorified in what we do with it. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Dustin. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on the Westmead Podcast. To learn more information about Westmead Baptist Church, go to westmeadbaptist.org.